This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So, funny enough, the last time I actually preached here um, was January 2020. It was the first service in 2020. And I actually preached a sermon on new beginnings um, and how each day has got new mercies and God's got like amazing stuff in store for us. Not knowing that just after that, the world will be sent into chaos with corona. So I just, I'm like a little bit afraid to preach again. Um, <laughs> so there's just a bit of a disclaimer. You can't hold me accountable for whatever happens after this, okay? But this year is going to be a good year, amen? Amen, okay. So, yeah, uh, I, global pandemics, uh, world economy, um, death, disease, uh, personal circumstances, crime, all of that kind of stuff actually quite often makes us feel quite overwhelmed. Um, and a lot of times that results in us uh, having, having uh, fear ruling us um, or depression um, rules us in our choices and in, in how we, how we walk, walk our life. So I want to actually share some truths today about how we can walk in victory and not let these circumstances bring us down and let us sort of almost have a victim mentality. So a lot of times we walk in life and we see these things happening to us and we say, um, why? Why is this happening? And we feel bad and, and it, it brings us down and we actually feel depressed and sometimes we, it actually rules us. Anxiety, depression and hopelessness actually rules us. So I want to share some things with us, with you today to, and some biblical truths to share of how we can walk in victory. So maybe just a little bit of context for me. Um, I've felt that in the last two years, um, especially with this stupid COVID thing. I know we're all over it, but it's still a real thing to, 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 to talk about and deal with. So I've got a company that, that uh, deals with health and safety, consultancies and that. So um, some of you may or may not know, uh, a lot of our work is um, international work. So we bank on a lot of that international work for a big portion of our, of our income, as well as local, local travel within South Africa, not just locally in East London. And when Corona hit, that kind of threw us a massive curveball to say, okay, well, now there's travel restrictions. You can't go outside of South Africa for quite a while. And internally, there was travel restrictions. So we, we, we had this like, problem to say, okay, well, what's the sustainability of our company now if we can't travel internationally? And a lot of people had the same, same issue. Um, there's a lot of people that travel internationally and have the same problem. So, so uh, we, we had this problem. We said, okay, well, that's fine. Let's pray um, and ask God how to re-strategize and get, come up with some new ideas with our business and, and God gave us some, some extra new ideas which was cool. We were fortunate and very blessed that some companies, local clients came to us and asked us to assist with some consulting work with COVID and we took those projects on and then as it went on, our other clients which were international ones came back to us and said let's carry on doing it, do it remotely and we ended up having more work than we had ever before. Which was great, and it's amazing, it's a blessing, and praise God. But with that came this now overcommitment, because now we, we, we took on all this work thinking we're not going to have any work, and then all that other work came in, so now we had this massive amount of work, and it became very overwhelming. I took some jobs on where it meant doing a, a report every single day. Christmas, New Year, it's just like no, no holiday, no rest. It was just work, 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 work. And I got to a point where I was actually quite... Um, 
overcommitted, yes, um, but also burnt out um, and uh, very tired as well. And and I had to also find a way to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm in this place. I, I, God's given us this work. We're going to do this work. We're not going to say no. Maybe we should say no. I don't know. Maybe it's a wise thing to do. But we've, we've taken on the work that God has given us. And God has made a way to be able to get through all of that. Um, even though there's burnout, overcommitment, and all that kind of stuff, there's still a way of actually going through. I'm standing up here today. I'm still okay. I haven't burnt out. I haven't ended up in St. Mark's or anything like that. So, so obviously, there's something that, that is working. So um, as, we, as we go into this new year, I, I, just, I know there's a lot of uncertainty. So uncertainty of work. So already this year, I've started... Um, Planning and again, there's this problem okay now. This Omicron has messed things around as well, so now there's travel restrictions again. I was supposed to be in, go to Panama for a job in March. Now I don't know. Now, are we going to go? Are we not going to go? Uh, my colleague went in November and he ended up, I think, spending about I don't know five, six, seven days extra. He had to go into quarantine and then flights were changed. He had to sleep in Europe somewhere at the airport and then he. Just flight after flight cancelled. And it's like all these things. What do you do? How do you manage it? You know, from a business perspective, it's like a lot of money to just book yourself into a hotel in, in Amsterdam. It's like the euro is not cheap. So it's like this uncertainty. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with my health? Um, what's going to happen with my loved one's health? What's going to happen with work? Is going to be blessings? Is going to be challenges? You know, where am I going to get work? Some people are thinking, where do I find work? I'm, I don't have a job. Where do I find work? So there's a lot of uncertainty. And I just, want to, I just want to share with you, no matter where you are, what you're currently going through, or what's going to happen this year, we have a powerful God that if we walk with him, we can get through anything. Amen? So this is going to be a good year. Um, and I want us to start experiencing that powerful God in our lives. If you haven't already, I'm going to share some stories as well, but I think it's time for us to experience that powerful God. So if we... If we maybe go, um, there's a, a verse in Ephesians. Now, you'll know Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. So there's little bits about the armor of God that I, I also want to share with you. So um, Ephesians 6.10 says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. So these are the truths I want to share with you. There's four of them that I want to share with you this morning. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his, his explosive power flowing in and through you. Um, in the Amplified Version, it talks about being empowered by our union with Jesus. So the question is, are you standing victorious? That verse says, stand victorious. It says, are you standing victorious? Number one. And secondly, have you and are you experiencing this powerful God? Because that's what I want us. I don't want us to leave here today without been able to answer that. Are you standing victorious and are you experiencing God as, a, as this powerful God? So if you want to know what victorious is, let's start with what is not, what, what, what victorious is not. So being a victim, and a lot of times people have this victim mentality where, where we feel, oh no, it's, 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 it's on me, I can't, these things are happening to me and everything. A, a victim is a person who, who comes to feel helpless or passive when feeling problems. When facing problems. So you, you get this problem and it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm just going to sit and do nothing. I, I, I can't handle this. And, and you sit back and you become passive and you feel helpless. That, that's, that's very much of a victim mentality. Whereas having victory is you defeating that. 
you, 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 are, you are, have overcome it. You're not sitting back and thinking, woe, woe is me, all this is happening to me. So it's time for us to move from being a victim mentality to having victory mentality. So I'm going to share some of those four um, biblical keys. Um, in that verse, um, it talks about standing, stand victorious. I don't know if it's still up there. Um, stand victorious. So for us to walk, stand and, and walk in victory. The message is about walking in victory. So for us to walk, you first need to stand. And for us to stand, you need strength. Just think about a little baby. Uh, probably in the back room there's some babies. When a baby's born, it doesn't get up and say, okay, now I'm going to walk around and run around. That doesn't happen. The baby has to grow. You have to nurture it, feed it. And eventually it gets enough strength that its little, normally chubby little legs stands up and it's okay. Now then falls over. And then it stands up and it stands up. Eventually it learns to stand up. It's got enough strength to stand. And then it will start walking. And eventually once it learns to walk, then it's going to start running. So for us to walk in victory, we need to first learn to stand. And to stand, we need strength. So one of the first keys that I want to share with you is about standing and getting that strength. Where do we get that strength from? And that's actually from his presence. So in that verse 610, it says, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with Jesus Christ. So that's where we get our strength, through a personal relationship with Jesus. So that's number one, his presence. We need, we need his presence. If you want to do anything this year, if you want to have any victory in anything in your life, you have to have Jesus' presence. So that means you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior. You need to have him as your king, live a life that he guides you every single minute of the day. Um, most of you here will probably have, have accepted Jesus already, so maybe I'm talking to the converted. But it's quite evident and sad. I don't know if... Uh, any of you see this as well, but you, you see people around you, maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, and you see that they lead in a life of destruction. You know, uh, There's so many things in their life that they, maybe they, uh, there's addictions, maybe there's broken relationships, maybe there's um, dishonesty, just evil stuff going on, and, and you look at them and you, say, and you think to yourself, if they just had Jesus in their life, things would be totally different. And that's what it is. Jesus gives us hope. And, and all you want to do is just tell that person to say, well, if, if you have Jesus in your life, there's, there's life, there's, there's victory, you'll, you'll overcome these things, there's compassion, there's love, there's all these things that goes with having, having Jesus' presence. So Jesus' presence brings so much strength to you. So if nothing else, if you just walk in a, a life with Jesus daily, you will have strength to overcome. So when I was growing up... Um, I was in the Catholic Church, and uh, I was just doing the religious things. Some of you that have attended Count of One might know some of these stories as well. So I used to be one of those. Any of you from the Catholic Church background that knows the Catholic Church? Okay. So I'm not knocking the Catholic Church in any way, but I grew up in the Catholic Church. But I didn't know Jesus in the Catholic Church. I knew about him. You know, you know the story, and you see Mary and Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross, all of that. I knew the stories, but I never knew Jesus as, as, as a personal friend or personal saviour. And I used to be one of those boys which had to put on a dress. <laughs> Sounds weird. These altar boys put on this long gown, I call it a dress, and then look all holier than thou, like stand here, the priest is there and you're standing here and the whole church is looking at you thinking you're like this holiest little kid. 
I mean, Tom, I was the naughtiest little kid you could ever have found. We'd be like looking all, all, all cute in front, and then at the, you go to the back, and they, they actually have real wine when they have communion, and eh? not this grape juice, it's real wine. And we had to now go and pour this wine and pour the wine in the back. So, yeah. So I just did the things that I needed to do, be a good person as much as possible, but I didn't really know Jesus. And then I got into the party scene as I got older, drank a lot, um, and I used to drive under like, heavy influence of alcohol. And I think, I don't know, my guardian angels were like, I don't know, I think they really battered when I get up to heaven and I find them one day, I think they're going to be like broken bodies all over the place because they had quite a challenge to keep me on the road and keep me safe. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that God has kept me safe in those times because if I really think about it, I should have had accidents. I should have died. Maybe I should, would have even injured someone else. And I'm, I'm very grateful that it wasn't like that. But, but in that time, I know if I, had, if I had crashed and died, I know I wouldn't have gone to, wouldn't have gone to heaven because I didn't know Jesus. That, that's the, the fact. Fortunately, I, I was saved. To, got to a point where I could come to know Jesus and I know now, if anything happens to me today, I walk out here, boom, I'm gone. I'm, I know, without a doubt, I'm going to heaven. And that's a question you've got to ask yourself as well. Have you got any doubt about your salvation? Not just trust and hope, but you've got no doubt. I know Jesus is waiting for me. I'm going to, I'm going to be there when I die. So that, that, that's a key for us to, to, to sort of take, is his presence gives us strength. Also, covid um, maybe our lovely South African political environment and, and things like that. Sometimes our, we, we look at that and we say, our, our, we blame that for our lack of peace, prosperity, and joy. You, know? you think about South Africa and it can be very negative. It's oh, this and that. And people feel depressed and negative and their joy gets stolen. And, and I'm, sometimes that can be true, but I, I think if you don't have Jesus in your life, then that peace and joy and prosperity will remain a problem if you don't have Jesus in your life. So if you want to be supernaturally um, infused with his strength, then we need to have Jesus. So um, there's a verse in Psalm 27. It says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur, yo, that sounds cool there, of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. So we need, to, we need to make it our priority to spend time with Jesus. So maybe you have made a decision to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's great. So I'm not in for New Year's resolutions, but we always can be challenged for more. And the more that we challenge for is to spend more time with Jesus. None of us can say we've spent enough time with Jesus. Amen? I don't think anyone can say, if you put your hand up, you say you've, you've, you've spent enough time with Jesus, then uh, you can come and pray for me, okay? Because uh, I need that. I'm preaching to myself here because there's times that I'm thinking, okay, I'm not so good with uh, my quiet times. I'm not so good with spending time with Jesus every day. So it starts, today is the start, Sunday is the start of the week, correct? So this is the start of the week. Not the end of the week, it's the start of the week. So if we start the week like we're doing today in church, we're spending time in his presence. This sets us up for spending time in his presence for the rest of the week. So it's important to start the week with in the presence of God. It's also important to start your day just connecting with God. And most of us, I don't know, uh, 
You wake up, most people wake up, go on their phone. Eh? Oh, just look, as I do that, there's a Facebook notification. That's bad. So you look at your phone, and then you get distracted, and you go to News24 or Facebook or I don't know what you do. Maybe play games, I don't know. And, and sometimes what I try to do is I do go on my phone, but I try to go into the, the version app, so I try to go read the Bible. I say try because I don't do it every day. Okay, Don't get me wrong. I'm not holier than thou. I don't, I don't get it right every day. But it's important to get into God's word every day. You wake up in the morning, you go into the word. You read the word until God speaks to you. Say something. Something jumps out at you in that word and say, wow, okay, God, what are you saying to me? And, and this is, that, that's one way of experiencing his presence is through his word. God speaks to us through his word. We, we will find out so much more about him when we, when we, when we um, read his word. So start every day and finish the day as well. That's something I don't really do very well either. So I'm just being honest and open here. If you guys are doing it, awesome. But I don't normally finish the day reading God's word. And, and that's something I want to challenge myself to maybe do better as well, is start and finish the day with, with the word of God. And then in the week as well, there's, there's meeting together in community, like this on a Sunday, in life groups, um, encounters, all that kind of stuff, just to, just to, to, to build that um, meeting in the presence together. That community of, 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 of being in the presence together with God sets you up to just continually be in his presence. So I want to, I want to encourage us to maybe do that. Maybe, um, maybe God speaking to you about some of these things that you need to, you need to get better. Make it your New Year's resolution if you do that. Otherwise, just do it from now onwards. And um, let's, all, let's all just prioritize um, God's presence in our life a little, bit, a little bit more. So if you have God's presence in your life, you will have peace. Okay? So the second key to walking in victory is actually peace. Um, look at this quote from Craig Grishel. Um, it says here, the good news is that peace isn't found in the absence of problems. It's found in the presence of Jesus. Peace is a byproduct of God's presence. So if you look at most of the time when we're going through difficult times and challenging times and problems, we feel our peace is stolen. We feel we don't have peace. We feel unsettled. We feel anxious. And that, that um, quote is saying that it's not about the absence of having a problem. It's about the presence of Jesus. So if you want peace, if you're feeling that you don't have peace, then all you need is just more of Jesus. Just more of his presence and that peace will come. The, the Bible says it. Um, this quote is kind of just telling us that's the good news, that it's, it's a byproduct of, your, of, your, of your, your relationship with Jesus. So to get peace, again, if you look at Ephesians 6, it says, Stand victorious. Now, I mentioned Ephesians 6 is about the armor of God. So Ephesians 6.10, this verse here, is a precursor to the whole armor of God, where it tells us to stand, stand firm, stand strong, and then you put on a whole lot of armor so that you can be victorious. Now, what do we need to stand? Um, or how do we stand? And the, the one way we stand is knowing who God is, knowing that God is a good God. And that good news should be enough peace to give us strength to stand. So what armor do we need to get peace? Let's check your Bible knowledge here. What, what piece of clothing or armor in the armor of God do you need to get peace? Shoes. Yes. Well done. 
If I had a little sweetie here, I could throw it to you. Okay, so Ephesians 6.15 says, For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news, so that you'll be fully prepared. If you go to the next slide, there's a picture of a Roman soldier shoe. I think there we go. So typically that's what the, the Roman legionnaires' shoes used to look at. And you'll see there's little studs underneath there. And those studs, they're called hobnail studs or whatever. Um, they, they're there so that they, they don't lose grip, they don't slip, and they are planted so that they can, they can stand their ground. That's why those, those are there. So um, any rugby players here? Anyone that's played rugby in their life before? Okay, there's a few people. Okay, how many of you have played in the scrum? <laughs> yes, Corbett. <laughs> Okay, believe it or not, I used to play flank. The scrawny little oak used to play flank, but I also used to play. So if you play rugby, you, you, the rugby boots are, are not flat like this. They've got these uh, big studs, especially the locks. They've got like ex, extra brick studs. Eh? Any locks here, you'll know. You've got like these huge fork things. They're like high heel shoes. And, and those studs, can you imagine scrumming without studs? The other team will just come and it'll just push you all the way to the other side of the other try line because you've got no, grip, no traction, no grip. Those studs book you in the ground so you can scrum against them so that they can't push you because you're planted in the ground. In the same way, we need to be planted. We need to have that, and that's, that those shoes of peace is what, uh, what plants us, what makes us to be able to stand our ground. So peace, knowing God is with us, knowing God is for us, and that his presence is with us. And that should give us enough peace to stand our ground and just picture that studs uh, uh, hooking into the ground. So he's going to, knowing also that God's going to turn whatever into good. Um, and know that God is with you and for you for 2022. So maybe some stories as well. Some of you may have heard it. Some of you not. There's some new faces, some older faces here. Um, but... Some, some stories where I've, I've had to stand my ground, where I've had to take those shoes and, and plant myself. Um, so um, some of you may know my, myself and my wife, we were trying for kids for many years. So there was a period of about nine or ten years um, where we were trying, trying for kids and we had seven miscarriages. Now, that came with some very hectic emotional challenges, um, relational challenges, as well as faith challenges. So I was like angry with God. I didn't understand it. Why, why? I want kids and not getting kids. We're having faith and it's not happening. And then we get pregnant and then it's a miscarriage and pregnant miscarriage. And, and it, was, it was like chaos. And I, I, we were very overwhelmed with everything. And, and even though I was tuning God about how upset I was and angry with him and everything, I never turned my back on him. I said, okay, God, I don't understand this. This sucks, but I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to keep my peace because you are God. You haven't changed. We don't understand this, but you haven't changed, and I'm going to still love you and trust you. And, and out of that, I received the victory. I received restoration, um, emotional healing, and I can stand up here and, and declare that you know, God is a good God. You know, a lot of people would think, but how can you say that? That was, like, really sucky. Yeah, it's not nice. I mean, we um, love kids and don't have kids, and that is what it is. But I can still say God hasn't changed. God is still a loving God. And, and it's because I had a foundation that I could stand firm and receive peace because I know who God is. Um, 
in that time, also, a company I was working for actually went, got liquidated, so I was without a job. Um, and at that time, my wife was also not working, so both of us were without a job. No income, got a house to pay, a car to pay, all these expenses. Like, okay, well, what now? I said, okay, well, God kind of led, led me to say, well, let's start your own business with a colleague of mine. And uh, it's not actually... It sounds weird to start a business when you've got no money, but uh, we started a business and we, we, we made our, our commitment. We said, okay, we're only starting a business if this business is dedicated to God. And um, again, that was just standing on, on the knowledge that God has got this. He's a good God. He's going to come through. We're trusting in him. And we started a business that's um, 17 years ago now, and we're still going, and God has, God has blessed us in that. But again, it could have been quite bad, could have gone into depression, I could have freaked out, could have had fear and anxiety. And yes, obviously there was stress. That's definite, but the rest of that didn't come. The fear and the anxiety and all of that didn't come because I knew God had, uh, had this um, in control. So are you prepared for this next season to stand in peace? Do you know the ground that you're standing on? Is it, is it slippery, unstable? Are there things that you, you, you maybe, your foundations are, are maybe a little bit unsettled? Maybe there's sin in your life that, that's going to cause you to slip. And are you, do you have that shoes of peace with those studs that will grip you in the ground to, to just remain um, in, um, trusting God and, and knowing that that's going to give you peace and, and victory? So faith and trust in the Lord um, connects you to God's power. So, so that's the next truth. So the first, first truth is his uh, presence. Second one is his peace. And the third one is his power. And so if you read that verse, uh, Ephesians 6.10 again, it says, Stand victorious. And I like the way the Passion Translation uh, talks about it. With the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. That sounds like really cool. So this powerful truth will lead you into freedom and victory in Christ. So it reveals that there is power um, found in God, and that's available to you and me, this power. Uh, Remember as well, this power is not for yourself, really. Even though it's in you and through you, it's not for you, okay? It just goes in you and and, and through you. So the third key is, is, to, is to receive strength through the power. And how do we receive this power? It's through the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when you come to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you have access to the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse um, 8 says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to ends of the earth. Now, very interesting, that's the last words Jesus said to us before he left earth, right? So surely they must be quite important. Surely they must be significant. And there Jesus promises us that you shall receive power. And a lot of us and a lot of churches are living, and not us, we, we I think so far East London's uh, doing very good and think amazing things are happening, but you look in the, in the world today and churches are like, no, that was acts in Jesus' days, Paul's day, that power stuff is there. It's not for today. And we know that that power is for today. We see powerful miracles happening around us. And that's what we've got to expect. We've got to expect that every single day. So when I think of, of this power, I don't know if any of you are Star Wars fans. I'm 
loved Star Wars. Maybe the age is telling you that that is a bit of an older movie, so yeah, I, I enjoy Star Wars. Um, there's a picture of some green, funny green dude, um, Yoda. So if I think about Star Wars, I think about this uh, power that this, that this force had. And, and like a little green dude there would uh, raise a spaceship out of a, out of a marshy area. Or, or you would be able to speak to someone a couple of universes away. Or you'd be able to use Jedi mind tricks to make people do stuff. Those that know the movie, you know what I'm talking about, okay. And, and that's all cool. I think, oh, that's like powerful stuff. You see this movie and, you, and it like absorbs you and you say, wow, that's like so cool. I know it's just a movie. And, and that's what it is, you know. Star Wars is just a um, fairy tale. It's a made-up stuff. It's not real. But for us, we've got something even greater than, than that. We, we've got a power inside of us when we receive the Holy Spirit that's even greater than any Jedi mind trick. Amen. Yes. Yeah. So, so we, we, you know, Jedi's are, are, if you know the story, were a certain bloodline. And he became a Jedi, and only those Jedi's had this power and had this force. We're not like that. Each and every one of us have received Jesus in our heart, received the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us have this power, this explosive power that this verse talks about. And I don't think we we are experiencing it the way we should be experiencing it. And I, I want to trust that we experience more of that power in our own lives and through our own lives. Starting today, actually, I want, I want, I want to believe that um, there can be breakthrough, that maybe we, we're expecting um, greater things. So, again, maybe some stories where I've experienced power and uh, God's power in my life. So, as I was growing up, I was a very scrawny, thin little kid. I'm still thin, maybe scrawny as well, but... And I'm still a kid, but um, I was like really, uh, you see pictures of me when I was a little lighty, um, real thin, scrawny kid, but I was also quite sickly. I had a condition called hemophilia uh, where the blood was, didn't clot. So if I'd cut myself, I'd just bleed profusely. Um, if I had to go to the dentist, I, had to, I was like off at home for two, three days because I'd just bleed so much just for pulling a tooth out, just blood, cotton wool in my mouth and everything. And... And even when I, when I had an um, incident to my eye, as you can see, I, I, um, a dart went into my eye and I, I lost my eye. And during, during some of the, the operations, there was complications because there was excessive bleeding. So they had to stop the operation and, and then they stopped it there. But out of all of that, my mom was continually praying for me, praying for me, praying for me. And that condition of this condition... So if I cut myself now, that would be a really bad cut for it to bleed like profusely. And, but uh, other than that, I don't have that condition anymore. So I experienced God's power in me through, through healing. Maybe some of you have also um, had some, some healing where, where, where God has is, God is really um, uh, moved in power in healing you. Maybe, maybe it's through someone else. I, I can, another example, uh, we're in missions Missions is always a good place to see God's power move. So when we start missions again, I encourage you to, to really sign up for that. But the one tangible uh, example of, of power was when we were in Rio, in Brazil, and there was this time for ministry and these queues of people. So there's this guy in front of me, and I asked him, okay, what's wrong? And he said, no, he had a car accident, and he, he, you could see a scar all the way down his leg, on his left leg. And he said his nerves were all damaged. He can't feel anything in his leg. His nerves gone, damaged, 
can't feel anything. So I said, okay, let's pray. Pray for him that all of a sudden this guy's eyes go wide and say, well, what's happening? He says, no, he's, he feels electricity going through his leg. And now he can feel everything that he never used to feel again. So he was like totally healed. And it's like, oh, that's like cool. And it's not about me or anything. It's just about I did nothing. I just said, okay, God, heal. And the guy got healed. And, and the power went through his body to healing. And that, that can happen to you if you maybe trusting for some healing. That, that can happen for you today even. Um, what was really cool is I said, okay, don't go away. Stay here. Um, there's something happening in you. And the next guy came and I asked him, what's, hap- what's wrong with you? He said, no, he's got some foot or ankle problem. So I got that guy to pray for him and that guy got healed. And then you just see this like, knock-on effect. It's just like amazing. And, and just to experience God's power in, in, in those type of ways, we, we, we need to expect that. Are we expecting God to come through powerfully for us? We need to be expectant of that. Um, some other ways of maybe experiencing God's power... Um, I want to challenge us as well. Is I've, 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 God's been speaking to me through dreams and visions and words of knowledge and that kind of stuff. And if some of the stuff doesn't make much sense, it's fine. You can chat to me afterwards. But I can remember a while ago I had a dream about someone trying to commit suicide and I was telling them, don't do it. In the dream I said, don't do it, don't do it. And then there was like a Saturday night and then the Sunday morning I was in church and I stood up and I, I shared the dream. And, and I said, if, if that's you, don't do it. And then after the service, this, this one lady came up and said, no, she'd already, already written her suicide note. And after church, she was going to go, go kill herself. And God spoke to her and said, don't do it. And it saved her life just from a dream and sharing a dream. Isn't that amazing? God, God just, just works in so many different ways, speaks to us in so many different ways. And we just need to obey and listen to him and then let it work through us as well. Um, just recently as well, we were in a prayer meeting, um, and I, I got this picture for this person. And, and basically, the, the picture was about having peace for some changes in their life. And, and, and that spoke directly to this person about a, a very significant decision that they had to make. And God used that picture to confirm that they needed to move. It was actually a pastor needing to move to another church. And, and that picture was exactly what he was asking for, waiting for, and, and that made him comfortable with the decision of having to move churches. And, and that's also amazing. A simple thing like just praying and just allowing God to, to speak to you and share that with someone, and it can rock their world, can change their life can give them a lot of peace and confidence that God is speaking to them. God is, a, is an individual God. He's worried about, he's concerned about us individually. So, so yeah, I think that power is something we, we really need to um, want. We must, not, not for ourselves, but want that we, we, we are here, we are vessels. God wants to use us. He wants to see that power in us and through us. Amen? So if you look at... Um, how Joyce Meyer, Meyer um, sums it up. She says, Victory is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of power. So where there's power, there's victory. So yeah, it's not the absence of problems. It's the presence of power. So that's when you get your victory. So if you're feeling that you, you're not getting victory over something, you're not overcoming something, then, then you, need to, you need to get... You need to ask God for more of that power. 
You need to ask the Holy Spirit to just fill you up more because that's where the power comes from. That's a power source. The Holy Spirit gives us that power that will go through us and uh, in us and through us. So are you expecting God to show up powerfully? Are you walking in a, in a place of intimacy with God so that he can release his power through you? I'm still expecting a powerful move of God in my life. Um, I've been expecting for quite a while and I, I pray... I won't say every day, but almost every day, I actually pray for my eye to be healed. So that'll be like a really powerful miracle, amen? And it's going to happen. And I'm, I'm still expectant for that. I haven't given up. I haven't given up on God, and I'm still saying, okay, God, heal my eye. Even when we were worshiping, I laid my, my hand on my eye and said, okay, be healed, open, see in Jesus' name. Not yet. Okay, cool. Maybe tomorrow. But that, that's the expectation we should have. We should have that expectation for, for expecting powerful move of God in your own life, in someone else's life. So some people here yeah, that will also always come to me and say, can I pray for you? I, uh, there's, there's a few, not some of them not yet, but some of them are yeah. Um, which is cool. You, you're welcome to pray for my whenever you want to. I don't have a, have a problem with people praying for me. But, but that's, what, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting God to move powerfully in me and through me. Even for family and friends that maybe are not saved, I'm saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm expecting you to move. I'm expecting you to change their heart. I'm expecting you to make a decision to follow you. And, and that's an expectation we should, we should um, continually have. So the, the truth is that God's explosive power is available to us. But the key is our relationship with him. We need, to, we need to really spend time with him to, to really have his presence in us and then that power comes from his presence. So the next truth um, is if we, if we want um, one of the keys to a healthy relationship with, with maintaining Jesus' presence, which brings that peace and power, is praise. So we need to make it our daily habit to praise the Lord. We need to exalt him in song, in words, declaring who he is. We've got to exalt him daily in our life. And then you'll experience his peace and his power. So let's look at this Psalm 146. It says, Praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they will return to the earth, and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in their God. So yeah, praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. So we, we call to praise, the, praise God with everything we have. Everything we have. Not just the few minutes that we want to spend with him, everything you have, all your finances, all your relationship stuff, all your, all your stuff, even the bad stuff we have, we have to praise the Lord with all that we have for all of our lives. That's what that verse is saying. We've got to trust God as a helper and, and we've got to place our hope in him and our confidence in our powerful God, not in powerful people. You look at what's happening with... Uh, uh, Elon Musk and I's got cell phones out and he's got little mini houses out and he's got all these things and he's become this like really powerful person and everyone's looking at these powerful people um, and thinking, well, we're going to trust in them because that's the future, you know, the future in phones, the future in this, the future in 
going to space and all this kind of stuff. And, and a lot of people are putting their, their trust in these powerful people. And we've got to remember to put our, put our trust in a powerful God. But we need to practice that. We need to practice it. We need to have an expectation to see God's power move in us and through us. Now that, that, that verse in, in Psalms goes on. It, it tells us to praise the Lord and then it goes on and it, it, it goes on and it tells us of a whole lot of amazing and powerful things that happen when you praise the Lord. I haven't got it up there, but, but it, it goes on and it, tells, it, it, it says to us that God keeps his promises. It says he brings justice. It says he provides food for the poor. He sets the captives free. He opens the eyes of the blind. I'm waiting for that one. Um, and he lifts up those that, are, that are, are heavy laden. So there's a lot of promises. So if you want to go um, and go and read that Psalm 146, go read the promises that come from praising the Lord. And it shows you the importance of praising the Lord becomes power to, to bring uh, victory in, in lots of different areas. So let's praise God continually. Um, again, another verse, Philippians 4, um, says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So, yeah, it's just praising God, praising Him daily, being in His presence, praising Him, and, and He will guard your mom. Again, I'm going to start wrapping up. So I think this season, again, the disclaimer, if things go wrong, not my fault, okay? If... Uh, COVID, stupid COVID gets worse, which it won't. It's going to just get better. Amen. Then, then it's, not, it's not on me. But let's approach this next season with the ability to, to, to walk in victory. With God, you will stand victorious this year. So a few questions for you to think about. Um, that Are you feeling confident and strong to stand and withstand anything that comes your way this year? Maybe, it's, maybe, the, maybe you've had a good year last year. Um, I was, we were talking the other day about how this last year was, and a lot of people say the, lo- the year was bad and everything. It was bad. We, we lost a few, um, a few friends in, in this church, and that was really bad. But if I had to look at the year, God did so many amazing things, and, and um, I can be grateful for all the amazing things that he did. But maybe there's some tough times that are coming ahead of us. Are you prepared? Are you, are you confident you will stand strong? Do you know this Jesus that brings peace and power and strength? And are you expecting God to show up powerfully? Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.